Welcome to OOO Out of Office, a lovely travel podcast where we chat all things travel and travel planning to to help you best optimize your precious PTO. I'm your own personal vacation planning bestie, Capricorn and podcast host, Madison Mazio. I'm a travel obsessed travel agent chatting with everyday travelers to uncover hidden gems of cities, restaurants, and experiences that you won't find with a simple Google search because life is too short to eat bad food on vacation. all of our college besties. So we're doing a 10 year reunion in Palm Springs. Yes, we've been planning this for what, three months and I've been just itching to see everyone and I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, three months actually seems pretty short. I feel like we've been planning it a year, which I know isn't true, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a very short amount of time, but it's felt really long. (laughs) Yes, and so we have itineraries, we have favors, we have theme nights. We're definitely gonna have to do an episode kind of breaking down the weekend after we get back. Yes, that will be the first Tuesday back after the the trip. Prepare, (laughs) be ready. Absolutely. Okay, so usually we do some plain pet peeves, as you all know, but unfortunately we're pretty positive and (laughs) unbothered people. And I think we've run out of plain pet peeves. At least I have. (laughs) Same. I try to not think about all the things I hate about flights and just be neutral and get from point A to point B without being too upset about anything. (laughs) I know to be honest, like even if something bugs me in the moment, nothing really brings me down. Like I do actually like love and cherish and almost romanticize the airport flying experience because I'm just so excited to travel and get to my destination. And I do it so often that it feels very almost like like home, except for when you're doing it too much. Like I've had two week, two weekends now at home after two weekends away, it feels very nice to kind of be balanced. Totally. Yeah. I can't really relate to the whole romanticizing the airport thing. (laughs) I remember in college, (laughs) I just, I can't, but in college, I used to hate the airport so much that I would drive whenever I needed to come from San Francisco down to LA or vice versa, I would drive because I didn't want to go to the airport. Not only would you drive, I do recall a megabus we may have taken together a time or two. The megabus did happen. Thankfully, towards the end, I had a car and I was able to <laughs> transport myself. But yes, I did take the megabus many times. It's a solid eight, nine dollars. One time I was coming from LA to San Francisco. I think I left to LA at like four o'clock and was going to get back to the city in San Francisco really late at night. And they made the first drop off was in San Jose. So a bunch of people got off the bus and I was kind of just dozing off. And the, the drop off station in San Jose is right in the city center, right next to town hall, city hall or, or whatever. And a bunch of people got off, but one person got on and sat directly across from me. And this man, he had no shoelaces. (laughs) He looked so crusty. I was terrified. I was traveling alone. I was just by myself. There weren't that many people. I was on the top layer of the bus. You're like 20. So I was kind of, no, I was literally like 21, 22 years old, just like trying to get home. And this man just sits next to me. I was like, all right, cool. Well, I have to stay awake for the next hour to get back to SF when I was hoping to just doze off. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I would say that again. 
I'm glad those days are over. <laughs> oh my gosh, never again. I remember having this game plan strategy every time I rode the Megabus. I remember putting on giant headphones and pretending to sleep the second I got on the bus and kind of like man spreading into my spot because if the bus wasn't full, no one would sit next to me. However, one time the bus was full. So somebody tapped on my shoulder and asked to sit next to me. Oh, and I put my stuff near me. It, it's very rude. People try to do that on the airplane, like for Southwest. It's a rude <laughs> thing to do. I wouldn't do it now, but I thought I was a genius, you know, as a 21 year old broke kid, trying not to sit by people. <laughs> I used to buy the seat next to me, which in theory sounded like it would work out perfectly, but then people would still ask like, Hey, can I sit next to you? And you'd have to explain, like, I paid for this seat. And sometimes they just wouldn't understand or like be annoyed. And I'm, that's like halfway worse. <laughs> like, why did I even buy this? Oh, it's true. I forgot that they were like $8. Honestly, that's brilliant. That just, again, shows how I, I you know, I needed every dollar I had in college. <laughs> Yep, that $8 went a long way. <laughs> okay, so since we are no longer doing plain pet peeves, I think we should do travel green flags. Do you have a travel green flag? Travel green flag. So I'll just start from the beginning of the trip at the airport getting there. I love a person who can hustle in the airport. Oh. TSA, like that is a huge green flag. Like we're respecting everyone's time. We're moving through, we're getting things done. Especially if you don't have kids or you're, you know, pushing around senior elderly people. If you're completely able-bodied like myself and yourself, like we need to be doing the entire airport a favor and just having our beep together and moving forward. <laughs> so you that's a get on this podcast. And have your shit together, guys. <laughs> I personally make it my goal to be the most efficient person that TSA has ever seen. I want them to watch me and be like, wow, that person knows how to go through security. I want to set a record. If there was a Olympic race for how efficiently and accurately you could get your stuff in order to get through TSA, I want to be that person. I know when to take my laptop off, when to take my shoes off. I know what items to take out of my bag. Oh my gosh, when I'm in Europe, nothing, none of my liquids are in any, I only pack what I can put into a sandwich bag and that is in my purse so that it's easy to whip out. Like I am 10 steps ahead. I would love to compete, like I said, in a TSA efficiency race because I'm your girl. I, I want the cookie. I want the trophy. I want the admiration and glory of being an efficient TSA bitch. I know you guys can't see Maddie right now, but the passion that just is exuding from her right now about this TSA efficiency race, like I'm going to order you a trophy because I think you deserve it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. So that was such a good green flag. I almost don't feel like I can top that, but I will say, I think it's really nice when you go to your gate and find a corner seat with a working outlet. That is just like 
chef's kiss because I'm somebody that gets to the airport kind of at the last minute because I'm so fast in TSA. I don't need to get to the airport an hour early. No, <laughs> I, I get, the, I, I, I push it to the wire. I have ran to my gate actually twice. One was on my plane from Ireland to London and I made it. And the other time was on my plane from Amsterdam to Spain, which I also made. But in my defense on that one, she said I had to run and I definitely didn't have to run. But I I just think it's so nice because usually if you're going to your gate at last minute, it's super crowded. You have to sit on the floor if you want to sit. And I just really appreciate it when I can find a good seat. Yes, that actually reminds me of of airplane pet peeve that just came to me. I want to have the little screen in front of me so that I can watch the flight map, the entire flight and watch movies. And I wanna be able to plug in my phone so I can get off that airplane and be fully charged. Why do these airplanes not have outlets at every single seat and a little TV? I don't get it. Help me. Absolutely. You know, we've talked before about frontier and spirit being frontier and spirit experiences you get what you pay for but you know what with how much they charge for their little upgrades even as we talked about printing your boarding pass for $25 I think they can afford to put little chargers at least but no same I thrive off of watching that little plane like that's what gets me through the long flights that little plane that's again a green flag I look forward to seeing my journey seeing where we're over right now looking out the window and seeing if I could see anything even though you can only see clouds me too. I love that. I love just looking out and be like, hey, this is, I'm in the air over, over China right now or somewhere that I've, I've never been and always wanted to go. And I don't know, my favorite part about getting off a plane or like arriving in a new country is looking at the sky. I always feel like the clouds look different. I remember when I went to France for the first time and I got off at the airport at, in Paris and I saw the clouds and I was like, those are such pretty Parisian clouds, which sounds so weird, but it's just, I just love the clouds. <laughs> Romanticizing your life. I love it. Your flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love the clouds. Yes. Uh, all right. So we're going to get into this episode and I will see you next week, Jennifer. Bye. Hello and welcome to OOO. I'm your host, Madison Mazio, and I am so excited about my guest today. This podcast is called Out of Office, and my guest is directly affected when I am OOO out of office. John Bauer, welcome to the podcast. Oh man, hey, thank you for, for inviting me on. This is my first like non-fitness related podcast I've ever been on. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not as confident. I'm not a travel expert, but I have been places and done things with family and friends. So I think it's just fun to talk about this stuff. Hopefully it makes for a good podcast for you. Yes. So John and I work remotely. We work for a fitness company and we actually work on our company's podcast together behind the scenes. John's a guest sometimes. And John is like somebody that I can always talk about my travel stuff and he can talk about his travel stuff, you know, with like Zoom meetings all the time. You got to beat the Zoom fatigue with some banter. And he also watches Vanderpump Rules. So happy pump day to those who celebrate. It is pump day and this is going to be a big day. I'm sure of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we thought it would be pretty cool to talk about 
traveling with friends versus traveling with family. Cause John has done quite a bit of traveling with family, but also has had some epic friend trips. There's one in particular I'm thinking about that you talked about that seems so cool to me. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Well, I have one epic like bros trip that I went on in 2006 and it was to a little bit of Netherlands, but mostly Germany because the World Cup was held in Germany that year. I'm assuming that's the one that you're talking about. That's the one. I think that's like a bucket list thing, traveling with your closest friends to the World Cup. Yeah. And it's like one of those things, the stars aligned. We had an exchange student in high school. He was not with me. He was with one of my friends, Doug, who was part of this trip. And his name is Uwe. Uwe Velsel, a very tall German guy. And he came out and played on the soccer team with us. And I'm still friends with a lot of those guys from that soccer team from high school. And then me and Uwe became really, really good friends. And we kept in touch over the years. And then fast forward, you know, Uwe, very lucky for us. He really made something of himself. Had a great career going at, you know, he owned homes in a few different cities throughout Germany. And then it just so happened his office was in one of the stadiums that was going to house one of the U.S. World Cup games. So he emailed us, you know, probably late 2005 and was like, hey, guys, just get here and I'll take care of the rest. I'll have tickets. I'll have places to stay. Just get here. So you know, a bunch of us, we started doing what we needed to do, got our tickets. One of the main guys, Doug, who Uva actually stayed with, originally was not going because his daughter was going to turn one during this trip. And so his wife decided, and this is, he was going to turn 30 during this year too. So she decided she, she was going to get him a nice bike. And I called her and I was like, hey, a bike is really cool, but we need Doug to go on this trip. Yeah. <laughs> So long story short, we made that part happen. We got him got him a ticket. We actually all chipped in. We got him a ticket. But but we had to cut his trip short because he needed the, the deal was he had to get home for Tatum's first birthday. Tatum's actually graduating high school this week, as an matter of fact. But he had to be there for her first birthday. So so yeah, it was like we we it was almost like we had to do it, right? Like there's no better setup for a good bros trip to another country to watch a bunch of soccer games than the way that one was set up for us, thanks to Uva. Absolutely. You have the tickets, you have the place to stay. I mean, that is half the battle. That sounds definitely like the stars all aligned. Front row tickets too, by the way. Front row? Okay, yeah. that's epic. <laughs> yeah, it was it was incredible. I think he had like 10 or 15 of them. They were probably like at least 500 euro a piece. Uh, so I think he was able to get rid of a few of them and help finance other parts of our trip. But yeah, it was it was an epic, epic trip. A lot of stories of while we were there as well. But the great trip, the U.S. didn't end up winning that game. But I don't know. I don't even think we cared that much. It was so much fun. Absolutely. I remember my first NFL game. That was such a big deal to me because I'm so into NFL. And I was like, I really hope they win. But I'm just happy to be here, even though it's 26 degrees. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I want to kind of talk about the advantages and challenges of traveling with family versus traveling with a group of friends, especially a group of bros. Yeah. What are the differences? You know, when I went with all my buddies, there was no planning. We just bought tickets and then we went. And then you get there and inevitably you've got people who've got different food tastes, 
different things that, you know, they want to check out and things they want to do. Because we were there for soccer games, but we were there. We're in Germany. You know, we're in the Netherlands. We want to check out some things. So sometimes that was a little bit of a challenge, whereas like a like a family trip, there was definitely some plans that we had in mind, places that we wanted to go to, things that we wanted to eat, um, you know, monuments that we wanted to see, that sort of thing. So some of that was a little bit easier because there was some actual planning involved. But I'm the kind of person I kind of like going to some of these places without that much of a plan and just figuring it out. So although it was kind of a disadvantage in that once in a while, there'd be a little a little back and forth in terms of deciding what we're doing next with the guys. I, I was kind of open to all of it because it was all fun and all all new to me, especially when something like World Cup is going on. And, you know, the way they do it in Europe, it's every city. It's just a, a big event going on for basically a month. Oh, that is so fun. How long were you there? Uh, we were there for, I think, two weeks, maybe a little over two weeks. Doug only stayed for like 10 days, so he missed he missed some of it. He had to go back for, for the birthday. But yeah, we were there for about two weeks and we fit in a lot in two weeks. I mean, bouncing from city to city, you know, when you get on the Autobahn, you can go from one city to the next pretty quickly and they're not really that far away. And like I said, there was it was just such an event. There's festivals and food and concerts all happening outdoors. So, you know, you know, back to your question about like, what are some of the advantages or, or disadvantages? I felt like with with like a family trip, it was it was easier to kind of have certain things in line and, and planning involved. Whereas with a bunch of guys, there was a lot of different plans that, that different people had. So at times we had to kind of pull it together and make a decision. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Especially back then, none of us had a cell phone on us, so we couldn't just go our separate ways. Oh, what is that like? Yeah, yeah. This is way back in 2006. Not there was no GPS on. Like, I mean, it existed, but none of us had our phones with us. So if we got separated, you know, that could be it. Maybe I'll, I'll never see Doug again. So, <laughs> so we we had to be really good about you know kind of sticking together and not losing each other. I feel like too, it must be such an advantage just being with all your buddies because you're all on the same page, pretty like-minded. I know when I've gone on family trips with so many different voices and so many different age ranges and capabilities, uh, we really had to plan that out further. Whereas like when I'm with my girls, although we are type A and plan a lot, (laughs) we also all want to do the same things. We all want to go to Pilates and goat yoga and to go to the tequila bar versus when I'm with my family, my mom and I want to walk 20,000 steps a day, but my dad, not so much. He's not really up for all the walking. So we kind of have to split off at certain times. I feel like there's a dynamic difference just with, you know, families and with friends. Yeah. And I mean, I can't speak for all families, but with my buddies, there was more of an opportunity to be spontaneous with some of our things. Whereas like with a family trip and my dad, when he was around, they we couldn't be as spontaneous. He wasn't as physically capable and that would kind of get in the way of some things. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you there, but yeah, with the, with the guys easier to be spontaneous. And that was the fun part is there were some things that came up where it was like, all right, let's do this instead of do that. Absolutely. I feel like too, friendship also has a different, you know, you're a different person almost. There's a different set of social norms, whereas family can kind of like hit those triggers, depending on certain relationships. Like I think of sibling relationships. I've seen sometimes where family, the family dynamic is very different than traveling with them with a group of friends. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, with the with the, with the group of friends, you know, like I said, we can be spontaneous, but there's also some things that you know that we would choose to do that maybe we we wouldn't choose to do if it was a family trip. So, like for example, you know, I've been to Santorini with my family. I don't know if I'd go with a group of buddies to Santorini. It's more of a like a romantic island to go to. It's a great place to go and really cool, but I don't know if I plan a, a, a buddy trip to Santorini. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Do you have any like specific memorable moments or experiences that kind of highlight the unique joys and challenges of traveling with family versus traveling with like buddies? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there is a different feeling of sharing like really cool experiences with with family, you know, especially like knowing like my mom's from the Philippines. She grew up like in the rice fields in the Philippines. She never back then thought she was going to go to Greece and go to Santorini and go to places like that. So being able to experience that with her is obviously very cool because that's not even something she remotely dreamed of. She probably didn't know what a Santorini was. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to, to experience some of that stuff with her was really cool. And then this, this trip I'm talking about to Greece was my dad's last big vacation before he passed. So it was really cool to know that he got to go on what was a really epic trip. It was really cool. We did all the, the cool touristy stuff, but then we got to have a lot of time together. And, you know, there's nothing like having dinner with the sun going down in Santorini at the resort that you're staying at. There's nothing like it. Oh my gosh, that sounds so special. I know that is definitely my favorite memories with my family is on trips. And my favorite memories with my friends is on trips. And I just think there really is nothing like sharing experiences. Yeah, no, that's like sharing a special experience. Now, if I go to the friend side of it, like I remember being in Berlin with the guys. And again, it's World Cup time. We're just walking around. And then we see this big like Corona setup. And over there, Corona is like a, it's like a fancy import, you know, and we go over there and they have this big inflatable like foosball, foosball game, I, I guess you call it, where people go in and get attached to the bars. So if you've ever played foosball, you know that you're 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 kind of flipping that bar around and the players are attached to it. Well, in this case, they were ch- they were attaching people to it. So we went in and we were the American team and we took on a bunch of German guys and we won. And then we get <laughs> out. And then they have a couple of people that were like, they were just known as the Corona girls. And they were like, hey, do you guys, if we give you these Corona whistles and Corona Corona shirts and some free Coronas, will you ride around on this double-decker Corona bus around Berlin and just blow the whistles and scream at people and tell them how awesome Corona is? And I remember we just looked at each other like, yeah, yeah, of course we'll do that. Like, why would we not do that? So we got to basically a tour of Berlin on this double-decker bus we got blown the Corona whistles and just screaming at people how awesome Corona is. And I don't know if that's something that I would have been able to do with my family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so that actually reminds me, we're kind of getting in this territory. You said Santorini, not necessarily where you're going to go for a bros trip. Are there any other destinations or activities that you think are better suited for family travel or group travel? You know, I've been to all the places I've been to are pretty like tourist friendly, but, you know, some of my friends, they could care less about seeing historical things. I, it, it baffles me that you go all the way to Europe and then all you want to do is go sit somewhere and just drink. I mean, that part's fun, but 
There's all like there's castles everywhere. You want to you check that out? You can drink uh, in America. <laughs> Fun fact. Right, exactly. Exactly. So I mean, some of that kind of plays into it by like people's personal preferences with travel. I have friends who just say, just give me, just give me a beach and a beer, and I'm fine. And that again, that's cool. But if I went all the way to Italy or Germany or something like that, I, I want to go check it out. So so that can be part of it. But then also, like I said, there's some places that are more more like for couples or, or, or for families and don't really fit the, the bro trip. I, I, I haven't gone to Europe on a couple's trip before. So, so that would probably be a little bit different, but yeah, I think that's, that's part of what would go into the decision-making process. I'm sure me and my bros would have a nice time in Santorini, but also, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I hear, is it Mykonos? Mykonos yes. is more of the party, the party island. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, one of the nights I went to go quote unquote party out there we didn't even make it because the first place we went to was just a little bar our our bartender's name was Thanos and <laughs> we had so much fun just in this little bar and he was just making up drinks and we were just requesting made up drinks and we were just and we just stayed there like for hours and then by the time we got done there we just wanted to eat and we found this place by the water we ordered something that basically just translated to a plate of meat and they they brought out this huge plate of meat, and then we we ate that and just back to the hotel after that. I don't know if anything else sounds more delicious while drunk than just an authentic plate of meat. Oh, and it was like all these amazing Greek flavors, and there was like beef and lamb and some shrimp, and it was a like I mean the plate covered half the table. You know, I don't think we actually looked at the menu very close. It was a giant plate of meat, but it was exactly what we needed at that time. Absolutely. That sounds so good. Oh, it's almost dinner time. I'm getting hungry. So are there any specific considerations to keep in mind when planning accommodations or transportation for family versus group travel? Like in your experience, kind of how was that delegation been different? Yeah, so... When I went with all the guys, it was just whatever. And we were, with, you know, we were, we were young guys. So we just figured everyone can handle whatever, you know, whatever the, the traveling was going to look like. And when traveling with family, especially when you're with some older people or some people that are less physically capable, there's some things that there's some research you got to do. It's not like, it's not like they got an elevator to get up to check out the Parthenon. You either can climb up there or you can't. So. Not not just in the actual travel part, but once you get there, your destination, we have to we have to know that all the things you want to do, everyone's physically capable of being able to do it. Because again, not not every place is as accessible, which is a bit of a bummer. You know, I, I remember being a little sad leaving my dad at the bottom while I go up and, and check out, you know, the, the Parthenon. He he was totally fine because he was one of those people that was like, just leave me over here at this bar and I'll be fine. So he was, yeah. he, was he was excited to just be in Greece and having like a Greek beer. He was excited. But if it was me, I'd be a little bummed that I couldn't go up there. So that that's totally something to, to take into consideration. Same thing goes for some of the resorts. Like you see these pictures of these great island resorts, but you start to realize some of them are kind of spread out and there's a lot of walking involved. And again, for those people who are a little older, a little less physically capable, sometimes just the walk from where you're staying to dinner is a little bit of a hike. And it, it is something that can turn into a little bit of an issue from time to time. So, so that is an issue that we ran into. So now I, I kind of know better in that when you're looking ahead and depending on who's coming with you on the trip, 
it's something that you have to consider. It's not just the, the traveling there, but once you get there, how accessible is everything? That is huge. When we were planning for our honeymoon, where we were going to stay in Positano and the Amalfi Coast, obviously the whole thing about Positano is that there's a million stairs. And when I was looking at hotel reviews, a lot of the reviews are like, don't go here. It's 400 steps. It's 400 steps. Blah, 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 blah. And so I kind of, you each, actually, if you looked in the fine print of a lot of the hotel descriptions, they said how many stairs each one had. And so I kind of was like, okay, we're going to be doing a bunch of hikes. I want to stay really close to the beach. So if something is 500 steps away from the beach, that's going to kind of cut into some time and energy. So we ended up splurging a little on our Positano hotel so we could be right next to the beach and just walk out and jump in the sunset water because we knew we were going to be doing the Path of the Gods hike, which though when I did research the Path of the Gods hike, it says at the end there's 1500 steps and I didn't read that part and my husband did. So we get to what I think is the end and and we're exhausted. I mean, it is a grueling, beautiful hike. There's this little lemonade stand and I'm like, did it let's get limoncello and he looks at me like I am the most annoying thing he's ever seen and he's like we are not done yet (laughs) we could barely walk the next day because of those stairs and I'm so glad again that our hotel wasn't you know another 500 stairs because we like could not move our legs I think we spent like 200 dollars to get back to our hotel because we couldn't fathom walking yeah, and I, I totally get it. I, I've had a few of those days out there where, you know, the plan is to just walk around all day anyway, mm-hmm. um, but then you don't really take into account, okay, there's going to be some steps, there's going to be some hills, there's going to be some, some climbing things, and all that adds up and, yeah, definitely can wear you out at the end of the day. Absolutely. Okay, so also, the overall travel experience, so sightseeing, cultural immersion, how do we balance individual in interests and preferences? Do you think it, it's kind of a different balance with family than with friends? Maybe. I mean, everyone's got to eat. And so I think, you know, at least in the places I've been, you can have a great experience with just the eating part of things, like experiencing new foods. To me, it's super exciting to order a beer I've never even heard of, right? And now you're pair, pairing it with foods that I, I'm not totally sure what it is. And it's hit or miss. Like I remember ordering something that looked like a burger. And then when I bit into it, it definitely wasn't. I don't know what it was. It wasn't great, but I, I ordered it because it, it looked like a burger. But but everyone's, everyone's got to eat. So, you know, even if people separate and do separate things, you're still going to come together for lunch, for dinner, maybe for maybe for breakfast. And that can be a big thing in and of itself. And if you compare that with some sort of event or you're in some sort of like city center, you know, then the meal becomes one of the events that that you're taking on. Although it's not necessarily what you might call sightseeing, although it might be, you know, like I said, it's a, it's an opportunity for everyone to be together and be experiencing something a little bit different together. And then maybe just re, you know, retelling the stories of the day. I, I do know that when I, when I traveled with my parents, there was times when we would separate because, you know, I and then maybe my brother, we'd want to do something that was just not something that they wanted to do. But it all ended at dinner at the end of the day when we can get back together and just kind of tell each other what we did for the day. Yes, I think that structuring meals is the best way 
to plan a trip. I know you know this, but I feel like with family or with friends, if you want to have a more spontaneous trip, that's fine. But if you just have like one set meal time, you know the place is somewhat decent and having those reservations. I mean, our honeymoon, every single day we had reservations. We didn't always go to them if we found something spontaneous. Actually, your non-burger story reminds me of when we were so excited because we took a fishing charter and we caught the squid and they're like, this is a delicacy. It's the best thing you're ever going to eat. Walk up those stairs, give it to the chef and he'll make you the best pasta of your life. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is like the honeymoon of our dreams. This is a true authentic Italian experience. And like the appetite, they give us the calamari as the appetizer. I don't even like calamari and I love it. We have a view of the Amalfi Coast. It's like fairy tale. And then they bring out the squid pasta and the second they set it down, like the smell of the guts that they use (laughs) is like absolutely unbearable. And so then we had to do this whole plan of like trying to eat as much as we can, but try not to be rude because you're supposed to finish your plate in Italy and like be like, oh, we're so full from all the calamari. No, we don't need dessert and getting dessert dessert like next door. (laughs) Oh, that is tough. You know, the... I, I don't remember a bad meal in Italy at all. I've only been to a few places. I've been to Rome and I've been to Naples. And I think every meal was like incredible. Even the most simple of meals, incredible. Oh, our favorite meals on that trip were like pasta with tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There was, I remember going to this place where it was like happy hour. And it was like for five euro, it was like caprese and the house red and it was like incredible and, yeah. and, and and for them it was just kind of like their their cheap stuff to me I was like this is I could eat this all day yeah and why was it cheaper than like a meal at Applebee's too that's right right, right. <laughs> it really makes me ready to live the expat life okay so John we are going to move into the most fun part of my podcast I don't even know if I told you about this part I know I didn't. I- I'm ready to go okay great it's would you rather travel edition Okay. All right. So question number one, would you rather travel with your family to the red light district of Amsterdam or travel with your friends to the Vatican? Oh my. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, I've been to the red light district in Amsterdam with my buddies and I feel really confident that that's not something I need to share with my mom. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I'm going to the Vatican with with my buddies because I know it's still going to be amazing. You know, I was actually raised Catholic, so I I, I know some of what's going on. Uh, but Catholic or not, I, I've been to the Vatican. It's an incredible thing to to look at when you're walking through and taking the tour. It's an incredible thing to see. And then when you're done, you're in the middle of Rome. So there's all these cool places to to go and eat and and, and hang out. So I would have to pick that one because there's no way. The more I think about it, there's no way I can be in the red light district with my mom. <laughs> me me either. I, I would rather be with my friends in the red light district and with my mom at the Vatican. I was also raised Catholic, but I've also been to both. And I also 100% agree, friends at the Vatican. <laughs> so, yeah. And side note, Amsterdam, great city. It's not just the red light district, great city. Great city. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. Excellent city. I want to go sometime when it was less rainy, but I still loved it. Would you rather go on a solo backpacking adventure or on a group tour with strangers? 
Yeah, this this one is way easier. I've never done a solo trip, and every time you go on one of yours, I get more and more like I need I need to do this. This sounds yes. incredible because the only thing that gets in the way of me having fun sometimes is when people can't decide what they want to do, when they want to do it, etc. Because I can decide pretty quickly, and if I was by myself, then it's just me, and I'm just doing whatever I want. Which sound I, I feel like it's probably one of those things everyone's got to do at least once. Um, you know, and I, I've even had fun doing solo travel for work trips, but it's work trips. So you don't get to do all the fun stuff. I'm talking about, you know, going to some fantastic places, whether it be Europe, South America, whatever. I would have to pick that one just because I want to see what it's like to go on one of these trips by myself. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Obviously that's my choice as well. I mean, I think a group trip with strangers would be fine. I in my solo travels, usually do some kind of excursions and make friends. And I'm sure I would make friends on a group trip, but I also would be worried about my control of the itinerary. Like you said, I loved about solo travel. Like I went to like seven museums in a day in Amsterdam because I had the stamina and the bandwidth that probably if I was with anybody else would be like, you are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one funny thing is the next year we're doing another Europe trip with a bunch of the same guys that I went to in 2006, and it's for the Euro Cup. So another soccer-related thing. I'm wondering what the difference will be now, because everyone's older now, maybe a little more set in their ways and have different requirements than we had when we were younger. I think it'll be interesting to see how everyone is this time around. That's so fun. You're doing a reunion trip. Yeah, and a couple of people who didn't go last time are saying they're going this time because they feel like they really missed out last time. So we'll see. Oh, that's so cool. Hey, that's the perfect time to do a solo trip add-on. And let me tell you why. I am the queen of an add-on trip. I love to, so like, for example, I'm going with my family to France, but I, they're going for a shorter time than me because I'm doing solo to Lake Como and Cinque Terre because I want to go. And so like it, it could even, that could be a good, like dip your toes in because you're paying the same price round trip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do it. I, I haven't even thought about this. This, this is amazing. Like, I feel like 80%. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yes. I mean, I'll already be there. I might as well go somewhere different. Exactly. I think my train or no, my flight from Paris to Milan was $30. Yeah. 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 Do it. Yay. I'm so glad. <laughs> okay. Would you rather have an all expenses paid for family vacation or an all expenses paid for friend vacation, but have limited control over the itinerary. And I have limited control of either itinerary. No, the family, you have complete freedom. Oh, you can build it. Easy. You know, like I said earlier, my mom grew up in a place in a time where she like probably never heard of any of these places. So to give her a chance to go, see whatever she wants to see like she wants to see the pyramids so that would be something that she would love to do so I'd, just just for mom i'd have to pick that side of things that's funny that's actually my exact same justification <laughs> my mom's like my best friend so it would be amazing to travel with her and she took me on a million trips and did so much for me so i'm like here an all expense paid trip like and you know i mean our moms flying private because it's all expense paid. That sounds amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this Greek, this Greece trip that I keep talking about, my mom paid for that trip, so you know, yeah. I, I owe her one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not paying for the hotels in France. <laughs> Probably not the food. Yeah. And would you rather have a long layover in an airport with your family or with a group of friends? You know, it depends on the trip, but if it's group of friends, then we probably, and let's just say we're headed out to our trip rather than coming back. We're excited. Like, we're probably excited to be hanging out. We're probably excited to have drinks. And that's probably what it would turn into in the airport if we have a long layover is we'd find one of the one of the airport bars and just hang out and have some drinks and just talk about all the things that we want to do on this trip. But really, just just have a big chance to hang out because you know the, the the older I get, like me and my friends, we keep talking about how much we need to hang out more, and it's difficult. So just being stuck at an airport for a little while would probably end up being pretty fun. I agree. I think you know we could turn it into a party if it was just my mom. I mean, she would just be great because I feel like we're kind of on the same wavelength. We don't really get bothered by stuff like that. I, okay, I would get bothered if it like delayed me a day to my destination. Like that would bother me. But for the most part, if a flight's delayed, I'm like, eh, whatever, I have more time to get a snack or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if he would handle it as well. So I think I'm going to go with friends. <laughs> yeah, friends for sure, especially now. I'm a little older than you. And like, I remember traveling even just 25 years ago and the airports were not cool. Like there was not an emphasis on making the airports cool or having good restaurants or whatever. Now they have like nice restaurants and lounges and great bars. So some of these places are actually pretty, pretty cool places to hang out. Totally. A hundred percent. As long as everything's open, there's a sad story when Eric and I had a long layover in a Boston airport. We're like, oh, that, it's fine. It's 9 p.m. It's probably going to be lively. And everything was closed. Uh, so we slept yeah. on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And last one. Would you rather have a relaxing beach vacation with your family or an adventurous mountain getaway with a group? Man. Well, I've done relaxing beach getaways before. And those are always great. But, you know, just like you, I'm from California, so I've, I've, I've had plenty of beach time before, but like some sort of mountain getaway with, with the guys, seeing how well everyone can still do with the hiking, you know, especially if it's at some fantastic place. That actually sounds fun because it would be kind of a newer experience. Like I said, I've, I've done plenty of beach getaways and those will always be great, but some sort of mountain getaway without some friends, I think would be really fun. Okay. I'm actually going to disagree. And I'm going to say beach because I feel like every time I'm in the mountains, I'm like, this is really cool. This is awesome. I still like the beach better. (laughs) Well, it depends. You know, some mountains like Tahoe, I know it's a big lake, but the beaches there feel like real beaches. That's true. No, that's true. I would say the Finger Lakes is very similar. I would say, I mean, I, I mean, besides the fact that it was glacial water, I would say Banff, like it was very gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I'm just such a beach girly. I'm an ocean girly. I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right, John. Well, this was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast right after a work day. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was really fun. It's always fun talking about this stuff. I mean, we spend enough time talking about it in our in our meetings, especially after you get back from a trip. 
but yeah, I, I love this stuff. And now I think I've come away with a couple of ideas. I definitely need to think about this whole add-on thing when I go next yes. time. Oh, that's going to be like our latest topic of conversation before work. We start for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll look forward to that for sure. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks so much, John. Don't forget to follow Lavi Travel Co. on Instagram. Visit LaviTravelCo.com to book your next trip. And remember, life is too short to eat bad food on vacation. If you have the urge to go out and book a trip after listening today, just say Lavi. We'll see you next week.